Hello. Hello. Oh my god. Oh my god. I have a question. Oh, yes. What's happening outside of your apartment building? Oh, they're shooting a television show called uh, Where We Were Breeding or Where Are We Breeding or something about breeding. That's really cool. Yeah. Did you tell them that your best friend is an actor? I thought by the time they were shooting, they'd probably finished casting. So I didn't really go and say that. Did you tell someone who works in that area who looks rich, hey, <laughs> my best friend is looking for funding for his new feature film? I did not. I, th- oh. I think they're also going to be here tomorrow. So maybe if I walk by one, I'll give them your card. I don't Do you have trust, a card available? I don't trust you. Do you have a card available? I don't. Uh, oh, so it sounds like it's more your fault than mine. Well, I, so, can, I can write a card on a piece of paper, Matt no, Steele, and put my phone number, put my email address. I don't, I don't hand out cheap shit. I'm sorry. In the basement entertainment. <laughs> I can col- I can like color it and put a nice little border on well, it. Seems like the door's closed on this endeavor, so maybe next time. Well, guys, it looks like I'm just going to have to spend the night at Matt Palmer's <laughs> so I can just walk my little ass across the street and go talk to some random crew person myself. Be hey, like, where's your executive producer? Have a guest room. You could do that. Okay. Okay. All See right. you in the morning. All Good right. night, you, everybody. You have a toothbrush for me, right? No. Guess I'm going to have to use yours. <laughs> Gross. This episode of Two Gay Mats is brought to you by Liquid IV. Liquid IV is a hydration multiplier that is powered by CTT. Really easy. Just put the powder in, mix it with water, and it works two times faster than just drinking water alone. Yes. And it has three times the amount of electrolytes than any other sports drink. And the flavors are great. I've tasted four flavors so far. Lemon, lime, Matt Palmer. Lemon Lime's my shit. We love it. Passion Fruit, the Apple Kombucha, which I love kombucha. Iconic. And the Vitamin C, the uh, one that gives you a good immunity. And I thought all of the flavors were great. And I've got to tell you, I just went to Vegas to a friend's bachelorette party and uh, someone brought a liquid IV with them. And before we went out for a big party night, I had a liquid IV, drank a lot that evening and woke up sans hangover. And I think there's nothing better than that. And you look great too. I think you You look look great too. Thank you. I'm very hydrated. And that makes all the difference, doesn't it? So if you want Liquid IV for yourself, go to the website and uh, use promo code 2 mats T-W-O, no spaces, and you'll get 20% off your purchase and free shipping. Sounds like a plan to me. You got to do it. Get in with Liquid IV. You're going to love it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Two Gay Mats. It's Matt Palmer. And it's Matt Steele. And we're back again. Another week of the podcast. Matt Steele. Yes. How was your week? It was good. It was yeah. a little rough because, yes. you know, it's L.A. And suddenly L.A. just decided to become 75 degrees again mm-hmm. in November. That and you know happen. me. I'm very sensitive to temperature changes. So my allergies have really just oh, been destroying me. That's awful. It is a desert in my face right now. <laughs> like, it is so dry. Have it's, you been taking allergy medication, like a Zyrtec or something, to keep you on track? No, because, like, I feel like a lot of allergy medications, like dry you up and I don't want that I would like a lot of people are like oh the worst is when you're congested the worst is when you're congested I would give anything to have a smidgen of mucus in my face right now (laughs) it is so dry Uh, interesting I'm trying to think if I even know the feeling of like my 
face or nasal passages being like too dry. And I feel like, no. Well, you do have a chronic sinusitis or whatever the hell <laughs> you were diagnosed with earlier this year. I did, but hopefully it's been fixed and rectified because I went in there and my nose was a whole mess. I bled on everything uh, for several days. So uh, hopefully that's no longer an issue for me. I wish there was just blood and guts in there. Ew. It's just nothing but air. Air and just, I, it's not even skin. It, it probably, it's just sand. It feels okay. like there's sand in my Anything face. Anything else happened? Because I don't love talking about this. <laughs> um. So yes, my uh roommate Travis had a little dinner party for me and two of our co because I met Travis through work we worked at the same restaurant mm. and uh, Travis is lovely by the way he is lovely, he is lovely. Uh, and uh, we often go out to dinner me Travis and our two other co-workers like for each other's birthdays that's fine and we're kind of behind three birthdays okay and so uh, the two other co-workers came over and Travis just bought us a bunch of pizzas and was like this is me buying all of you dinners for all of your birthdays Perfect. so we did that. It was very fun. And yeah, I just worked and and just was destroyed by the weather. Okay. But well, I'm feeling fine. Like I'm feeling energetic. It's yeah. just kind of just like, oh, mm, you know. I hope you feel better soon. Thank That's my you. hope for you. I'm, I think I'm on the tail end of it. Okay, so great. tomorrow I'm going to be great. But guys, today I'm going to be miserable. Okay, love that. Love that yeah. you're here for when you're the most miserable and oh. you can spread that into the world. <laughs> My pleasure. <laughs> Matt Palmer, how yes. was your week? My week was very good. Um, on Friday, we went over to Jackson's sister's house, had dinner there. And then Saturday, I hung out with Janie in the morning, which was always lovely. And then uh, Saturday night, um, Jack's, or our friends Joe and Tim came over and we mm. played some video games and that was really fun. And then today, I have a friend in town, uh, Ro, who actually, if you saw the Diana musical, he is uh, Prince Charles in the Diana musical. <gasps> you didn't tell me that star was here that this star week. star is here with his girlfriend, Melanie. And so we all went to brunch today and I hadn't seen him since, I think... 2019 when we yeah. all got together and like he had just begun dating Melanie at that point and they've been together three years now and so it's like oh well it's lovely to meet you he's doing very well he's here because she is in To Kill a Mockingbird which is on tour right now oh awesome and so he is here with her and uh, it was great to see them and lovely to see them and I think he's actually going to come to the Friendsgiving on uh, Friday <gasps> oh my god I can't you've, wait to because you've met right we've, yeah we've hung out like a couple out. times yeah, right. yeah yeah so that'll be fun it was fun seeing a friend and this is like someone that I went to preschool elementary school, high school, and college with. We have been on the same road for a long time, but he's down now in New York and I'm out here. And so. now he's royalty. And now he's He's, royal- he's literally a king now, Well, guys. wait, what about me? I'm a king. Oh, but like, he's like officially a king. Like, he is literally King Charles. Well, he's not literally King Charles. <laughs> <laughs> if we want to just like parse out what you've just said. But I hear you. Okay, if I, if I saw him walking down the street, I would go, oh, King Charles. Okay. <laughs> I think that's weird. <laughs> I don't think you should do that. I, I hope can't you wait don't. to do it during Friendsgiving. Oh my God. I can't wait for that. Um, so are, we, are you ready to dive in? To yeah, we have idiots? a lot of news this week. So let's dive into news for idiots. The Grammy nominations came out, you guys. And I was, I was never worried about the nominations. Beyonce got the most nominations. I believe she was nominated in nine categories. My favorite thing is that so many different songs from Renaissance were nominated. That is so cool. It's like, I believe Virgo's Groove, Plastic Off the Sofa, Cuff It's nominated for Best R&B Song, Break My Soul nominated for Record of the Year. Uh, I just love that it's, 
without even being an album with a rollout beyond like this is the first single break my soul it still was they were able to highlight these are the songs that we want nominated and then the a grammy academy or whatever was like absolutely yeah and <laughs> it's so interesting that it was nominated like so many of different songs were nominated in different categories yes. like different genres absolutely. of categories so it's like this album touches on so many genres but yet is still somehow so cohesive I know. like this album is brilliant people <laughs> i did you you realize that she was the first black woman to ever be nominated for best dance electronic that Grammy ever I know now and it's like I feel like that category can't be that old but even still it's like I love that she's breaking new ground with these nominations I think she did she officially become the most nominated artist in history yeah she just beat Jay-Z and if she wins I think it's four then she'll be the most awarded Grammy artist in history so I'm excited about it let's go over just the main categories not yeah. best new artist because who cares really uh, ABBA don't this is for record of the year no I'm gonna start with album of the year because again do not give out record of the year as if it's the biggest award of the night. Album of the year is the biggest award of the night. They've been doing that for several years and I hate it. I think it depends on like who they anticipate winning the award. It's like if they anticipate Beyonce winning album of the year, mm. I think that will be the final award be. that's presented. Because I won't be mad if she loses record of the year. I won't be mad if she is she even nominated for song of the year. Yeah, yes. my soul is. I won't be mad. If she loses album, I'm going to flip a fucking shit. Yeah. Like, I just will, and we all know that. Okay. Yeah. The album of the year nominations, ABBA Voyage, Adele 30, Bad Bunny, Un Verano Sinti, uh, Beyonce Renaissance, Brandy Carlo and the Silent Days, Coldplay Music of the Spheres, Harry Styles, Harry's House, Kendrick Lamar, Mr. Morale, and The Big Steppers, Lizzo Special, and Mary J. Blige, Good Morning Gorgeous Deluxe, which is very cool. But I also just selfishly was like, okay, if we're nominating big R&B acts whose heydays were the 90s, where was that caution nomination? I mean, especially because there are now 5,000 nominees right. in each category. It's I like, know. Oh, you just nominated every album that came out this year, except for some reason Demi's, which is sacrilege. It's weird that Demi didn't get any, any nominations. I realized that we were, you know, a, a minority of people that were really going up for that album. But it's excellent. And I wanted more for her. Yeah. Uh, as far as record of the year, ABBA Don't Shut Me Down, Adele Easy on Me, Break My Soul, Beyonce, Brandy Carlisle featuring uh, Luscious, Lucius, I'm not the name, You and Me on the Rock, Doja Cat Woman, Harry Styles As It Was, Kendrick Lamar, The Heart, Part 5, Lizzo About Damn Time. Mary J. Blige, Good Morning Gorgeous, Steve Lacey, Bad Habit. Which, by the way, did that not just come out? <laughs> yeah, I, how did that make the cut? Maybe I, it was out for a while before it peaked. It's gotta be that. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited about the nominees. I'm excited about all the nominations. And I believe uh, Taylor's nominated for All Too Well 10 Minute Version in Song of the Year. In Song of the Year. Which she pointed out she had never won before. I think that's very exciting. All Too Well 10 Minute Version is still... Her best song? Period. Like, period is, I mean, can we just go on and say it? So yeah. I love that it's getting the love it deserves. Do you want to hear my wild fantasy? What's your wild fantasy? Song of the year goes to All Too Well, yes. 10 minute version. Yes. Record of the year goes to Easy On Me because you know they want to give Adele they something. They want to give Adele and something. And like, sure, it was a huge hit. Giant. Give it to Adele. Beyonce, of course, wins album of the year. And there is a picture of the three of them together oh. holding their, like imagine a picture of Adele, Beyonce and Taylor Swift holding their Grammys. Together. They are excellent. the trifecta of record song album of the year. Like, it would break the internet. If it were up to us, that's exactly how the night would go. I would be very happy with that. And I, I just want to see them be friends. <laughs> I think I'm pretty sure Adele and Beyonce are friends. And I'm pretty sure they're both cool with Taylor. Like, yeah. Adele's kid loves Taylor as we learned when we met her. Yeah. Uh, and I just... If and I guess we'll have to have the camera out so that we can recreate that video where we react to Beyonce losing to Adele for twenty five, but she just must 
win. She must. Like, for the Grammys to mean anything in this world, it, she just had, it just feel like there's no more culturally impactful album in that category. She has been nominated so many times for this award and has never won it. There was never a time she deserved it more than now, except maybe Lemonade Era. But both times, it's like, this is art that I am giving to you and like just make the right choice. And this is music. This is and music. And you, Grammy Awards, award music. So <laughs> award the music. I right. I mean, it does make me sad because I, I forgot that Kendrick was also nominated for Album of the Year and I want him to win Album of the Year I at do some too. point, but unfortunately, not it's not going year, to be this no. year. Um, <laughs> yeah, who do you think is Beyonce's biggest competition? I still think it's Adele. You do? I know I, you don't. But see, I, I think it's Harry. I think it's Harry Styles. I but... Do you think that the British voting bloc will split the votes? I hope and Beyonce that Beyonce will will pull through. I hope that. I hope the R and B, you know, hip hop vote doesn't get split between Kendrick and you know uh, Mary J. Blige and Beyonce. But I'm hoping Beyonce's for like Beyonce's beyond genre. She's beyond being boxed in in any way. So I just I we will watch it. I can't get excited. I've had my heart broken too many times by this institution for me to let it happen again. So I'm hopeful. But I will not believe it until it's over. Okay. okay? I'm, I'm feeling good. You, you feel good. I feel good. This is like opposite of Karen Bass and Rick Caruso. You, yeah. I was feeling good. I was and nervous you were like, about, no. yeah, I was nervous that Karen Bass would not win. Yeah. So we'd like to point out that Karen Bass did win. Yay. <laughs> Congratulations to her. Egg on Chris Pratt and Katy Perry and Lisa Vanderpump's face and Kim Kardashian. All of you that did all of that. We talked about you last week. Ha ha. <laughs> okay. Um, should we go into... The Ticketmaster drama that occurred with the Swifties this week? Yes. Now, I'm going to tell everybody. Okay. I am not a ticket-buying person. I'm not in, in concert culture whatsoever. <laughs> sure. The only like concert tickets I have ever purchased as an adult was the Spice Girl reunion okay. uh, in, London, in England, and I uh, was trying for like two and a half hours, mm. and I finally got through, and it was, it was a little stressful, but I did it. So... I do not understand anything that has been happening with the Taylor Swift Ticketmaster situation right. other than like, did the site crash? Like, is that what happened? But it seems like there's more to the story. Okay. So Matt Palmer, explain it to the people. And by the people, I mean me. I do know that you mean you. I can only speak to what I understand it to be because the story has changed a few times since the event happened. Taylor was going to have a very verified ticket pre-sale for the Eras tour. And this was in conjunction with Ticketmaster you were supposed to like send your email to prove you were Swifty, kind of trying to say, oh, we don't want the bots and resellers to get all of these tickets. We wanted to go to actual fans. So like if you get a code for the pre-sale, you should be a real Swifty who's like pre-ordered the album or I don't remember the how that decision was made, who was the one, who were the people who got the code. But people got codes. Okay. <laughs> and it was supposed to be Swifties only. When they were logging in, uh, they basically were waiting in line for some hours and hours and hours on end waiting. And they had said, okay, these are the dates that I would like to go to. These are the venues that I could make it to. This is where I want to go. And my understanding is if you got to the end of that waiting list, if you were like, okay, you're 5,000th in the line. It finally goes down. It is your turn. What I understood is that there were sets of prices. There was a VIP prices that were like $300, $400 more okay. than the regular prices. It is not being made clear to the ticket buyer what you're getting with that VIP. And it's just like, these are the only tickets available. You only have so much time to make this selection. And if you're, the window closes, the window closes, and you're fucked. Yeah. And so... 
people are really, it's like the Hunger Games, truly. I, from what I understand, like 12 million people were trying to get tickets. And from what it was supposed to be, it was like, this is a pre-sale. It's going to go on sale for sure. Like the real general public sale is still happening. Uh, let's just have the pre-sale so that all these Swifties get the tickets. Apparently, whoever's problem it was, was it Taylor? Was it Ticketmaster? There was a big issue in which they oversold. They sold more than, uh, basically, there's now not going to be a general public sale because of how many tickets were sold during this pre-sale process, oh. which people could not figure out, am I buying the VIP seats? How much is this seat? There were rumors that she turned on dynamic pricing, which basically meant this is how many people want tickets, so the prices are going to go up exorbitantly. Mm-hmm. Apparently, that didn't happen, but there were still people somehow felt price gouged. It just... Truly was a clusterfuck. There were so many people in there trying to get tickets. There's not going to be a general public ticket sale. I don't know how they're going to parse out the remaining tickets for these dates, but the demand was so high. And it happened in a way that, in my opinion, and again, I'd like to stop and say, but there are people in the Discord who feel differently. I love Taylor. But this rollout to me has felt like a cash grab at times. Like with the fact that we're going to have so many different versions of the album, so many different vinyls that you put together to make the clock. We're going to have the Target edition available. She's, you know, putting out these anti-hero remixes like one at a time. You can download them off my website before they're available for streaming. It just has felt like she knows how big her fan base is. She knows how loyal the fan base is. And like, let's leverage their loyalty to break these records and to make me the biggest artist in the world unequivocally. And it's like, you already are that. And this Ticketmaster thing, whether it was completely her fault, not her fault at all, just left a bad taste in my mouth. It's like, you've like you've got it. Like, there are so many people who love you. And I just wish the people felt like it was fair. I would recommend going to uh, Instagram TikTok user, be there in five. She's a big Swifty and has feelings about what happened with the Ticketmaster of it all that I completely echo. I just, I think it's okay to be like, I love this woman. I think she's a great writer. And I think... I wish her business was handled a little bit differently because there's just like, how much money do you really need at some point? And like, is there a way that's more centered on to like put these tickets out or put these albums out in a way that's more about the fans than it is about your own legacy? Because it's like, girl, you already have the legacy. Right. You are Taylor fucking Swift. Absolutely. Yeah. So Taylor releases a statement that basically says she usually does everything in-house. She hates using outside entities, but Ticketmaster has, like, deals with these venues so she couldn't not go through Ticketmaster. Okay. Um, she, her team asked the them multiple times if they could handle the demand, and they said yes. There are multiple, a multitude of reasons why the tickets were hard to get. She's happy that so many tickets were sold, but pissed that it was, like, that the fans had to go through so much and hopes to go on more tours and maybe add more dates to this tour so that we can all sing these songs together. And I think that's a, a nice statement. It, and even though it was, like, 36 hours between the time that the Ticketmaster thing happened and her statement, it felt like a long time mm-hmm. because... She was also promoting her anti-hero remixes and like the merch and like what else is available. It was only 36 hours. It literally felt like a month. Didn't it? That, that it everyone just was, was like, screaming about these tickets. people were so upset and up in arms and it just was very severely mishandled. And now uh, there is go- the Justice Department as a result of this is going to be looking into Ticketmaster. There's an, an 
antitrust investigation against Live Nation. Live Nation and Ticketmaster merged, which basically created a monopoly. There's no more else that you can sell tickets to these big venues like this than Mm -hmm. Ticketmaster. So maybe this is all going to lead to Ticketmaster being fixed and it will all be well and good. But I just, at some point with her, I, I, I want it to be more about the music than it is about the sales or like the awards. And you see it in the documentary when she doesn't get nominated for reputation, how broken she is. Yeah. And it's just like at some point with all of the different vinyls, I'm like, but wait, are you selling music or are you selling merch? Like, what are we doing? Mm -hmm. And I I just, I, I I feel like the, I need a break from Taylor. (laughs) How, how broken do you think she's going to be if she does not get that Oscar nomination for best live action short film? And you know, maybe she'll be broken. I know that she's been giving, you know, screenings across the, the world about this. I think the best thing for her is to not get nominated because I feel the backlash in coming. Mm. I feel the wave coming. People are going to watch that music video and call it what it is, a music video. And I just don't want the tides to turn on her in a big way. And I feel like that's what would happen if she did get that nomination and especially if she won. Because if the tides turn again, we're getting a reputation part two. And no one wants that. (laughs) A lot of people actually do. That's true. They're not sitting here. (laughs) They're not in this room with us. Um, so do you have any other feelings about Taylor or this Ticketmaster thing? Guys, <laughs> I realize that a lot of you really, really wanted to see this concert, and I hope that you find a way to be able to see it. Yes. Just take a deep breath. <laughs> yes. You can still love Taylor. You can still be a part of the era. Even yes. If maybe, you, unfortunately, you don't get tickets to the show. It's, you, I There will be a, 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 a recording of it, I'm sure. I'm sure. It's the era's tour. Absolutely. Come on. Like, she is recording that. For sure she is. So, it will be okay. It just trust that it will be okay. I don't understand much of what's happening, but I do understand <laughs> that it will be it's okay. It's going to be okay. And I think that's a great message to leave with. Uh, do you want to hear about more stands? <laughs> because sure. the Chris Evans stands are up in arms. So apparently, I've not been following this closely, so I can only speak to what I know about it. Apparently, it came out that Chris Evans, who's 41, is dating this girl. I don't know if she's a model. She's 25, whatever. Uh, I'm sure she's pretty enough to be a model. I'm sure she's gorgeous. And his fans, I guess, when he was on his latest press tour and there were discussions about whether or not he was in relationship with anyone, he made it sound like he wasn't. And it comes to pass that he was and they've been together for a year. There is a tweet from Team Evans 13 that says, we are disappointed, period. We are hurt. And then a screenshot of a novel, guys. This <laughs> a is novel. Lord of the Rings Iconic. level. And I can't read all of it because there's only so much time on this podcast, but I will just give you a touch. There's only so much time in the day. Honestly. Jesus, look how long this Chris is. Chris Evans, as a 30-year-old, I've basically grown up on your work. From the hot jock to the Captain America to Lloyd Hansen, it's been a pleasure seeing your career grow and transform. But beyond this, what makes you stand out from the crowd? You've been the most real and general person I've watched in Hollywood. Your humility, blah, blah, blah. Compliments. That's why your fandom loves you and why we were we are so loyal up until now. <laughs> Iconic. This past week, it's like we won the lottery when you finally got the title of Sexiest Man Alive. Finally, as long as I waited for it, I actually felt glad that you only received it now because I believe you are at your best right now. And finally, you are being recognized. I was so saddened when this pride lasted all of two days. Oh, geez. And it's also like, he didn't win an Oscar, guys. <laughs> like, this is, you shouldn't have been counting your yeah, days. Like, this is something his publicist yeah. got for him. And he was like, woo. And he was like, great, I'll do a photo shoot, whatever. 
I have to start by clearing this up. Oh, this past... Oh, no, no. Hold on. That was a different... This... Uh, I have to start by clearing this up. Your fandom is not upset because you're in a relationship. Rather, it was the reveal of your relationship that made us feel betrayed by you. We feel betrayed by the Chris you led us to believe is you. <laughs> As a human being, I fully believe that you deserve your privacy and you will obviously only share what you feel comfortable with. During TGM press tour... I don't even know what that is. Two game ads. Two game ads. The two game ads. Two game ads. Thank you for doing press for us. Uh, you were asked a question that had nothing to do with your romantic life. You, however, chose to answer with regards to your romantic life. You volunteered this information. Yes, you didn't explicitly say you were single, but you sure did imply it during your people interview. You once again implied you were single. The publication even reported that you were. Realistically speaking, this should have no bearing on our lives as fans. That should be the Period. end of that. Period. That's the Period. end of the statement. Period. But it goes on. <laughs> However, as your loyal fandom, when you speak, we listen. We believe in it. We believe in you. This sense of uh, betrayal is not because you are in a relationship. It is the rude awakening that our belief in you is based on nothing but lives that you've been selling us. If you could volunteer up lies about something so trivial, what about you is actually real? <gasps> it's kind of like a kid finding out Santa isn't real. Uh. This may come across as completely dramatic but to most, but I hope you realize how influential you have been in our lives. Your relationship is really not our business, but <laughs> I personally know nothing of it, of Alba, and will never know the dynamics of your relationship. A side note, an average 41-year-old man looking to settle down, start a family, and live a quiet life at home will probably not do so with a 25-year-old woman at the start of her career. Oh, we're it's, going after the girl we're now. Going, who else would we go after? <laughs> it's just an indication of how uh, you've unfortunately contradicted yourself. I could go on, but I'm going to leave it there. Being the bigger person. Okay. Oh, so brave. She goes on and finishes. I assume she, it could be he, they, whomever finishes this. Team Chris Evans. I have loved Mariah my whole life. Mm -hmm. I loved, like literally, I became a stan. I found out what being a stan was through living as a lamb for all of my life. Mm -hmm. When Mariah Carey married Nick Cannon in 2008, that upset me because it interrupted the promotional tour. <laughs> like, I'm like, we need to be on the road promoting equals MC squared. We need videos. We need singles. We need Migrate to be a single. She didn't show up to The View because she was off getting married. So I was upset. I didn't write an open letter, but I was upset. Yes. But I don't care <laughs> that they're together. Like, best of luck to them. It didn't work out. He had a million kids. Whatever. This is... Yeah. Like the parasocial relationship people have with these celebrities mm -hmm. is beyond. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, the difference is like you loved Mariah for the art. You didn't love Mariah because you got your juices flowing. <laughs> That's true. Uh, and, you know, hell hath no fury like a woman with her juices flowing. And I guess if I were to mix that up, like if I was a huge stan of a man that I found attractive, but I can't imagine standing oh, a man. Be, that would be so sad. That'd be so. <laughs> like, even, like, even if like you found him hot. Like, right. Still be, I'm sure there's still some reason to hate. Him. Sure. I, or even if I found someone hot that I was, I don't, I can't stand hotness. Yes. Like that's a not enough to stand Because there's on. nothing to stand. No. It's, and it's like, if someone's hot, it's like, okay, that's great. Congratulations. Congratulations. I would gladly date you if you asked me out. But like, there are other people on the planet who are equally as hot as right. you. Like it's, it's, it's like, whereas there is no one else on the planet who can do what Mariah Carey never can Never once. <laughs> never once and never will be. So I guess, and I don't mean if this person, and the tweet is still out bravely. So team Chris, good for you for sticking by what you've said. And I don't mean to believe little or mock but it, you must take a step back at some point and look at this and think this is a little funny <laughs> I, I it was hilarious <laughs> do you think they're gonna take a step back they devoted their their entire online existence to being a chris evans hey fan. and i again was mariah illusions on the internet myself yes, i'm lft spice 44 <laughs> at aol.com so or i was we, i'm not on aol anymore <laughs> but we get it but it's just like guys 
we all need to take a breather. Let this man do what he wants. Yeah. I agree the age gap's a little weird, but that's the end of my thought about it. It's yeah. like, oh, that's a little weird. You know, guys, Anyways, if you loved him, you would let him be happy. You would let him <laughs> set him free. Yes, let him fly free. From your clutches. And Adele has flown to Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> free of the clutches of not going to Vegas from last year or whatever. And her residency seems great. Mm. I, the set list, that she sings a lot of songs I wasn't expecting her to sing. The set is beautiful. I love the ending where she like disappears in a puff of smoke. The, she like, she disappears, like a bunch of confetti falls. Yes. And obviously she like goes through the center of the stage, but it really is seamlessly I done. Know. And it's quickly done. Like it, it, it seems like it happens so quickly that she just like drops. Like there's like a <laughs> Chapter just has her drop and there's like a mattress there to catch her. And like, do you think she and the team was like, well, we're in Vegas. We got to do a magic trick. <laughs> it's a part of the thing. Chris yeah. Angel's there all the time. We got to yeah. beat Chris as of his own game. We all remember Lance Burton. I do not. Oh, oh. Who is Lance Burton? When I was a child and my dad used to live in Vegas and okay. uh, me and my brother would go and visit him every summer for a couple of weeks. We would always see Lance Burton at the Monte Carlo, I believe it was. Who he's, is, is he a magician? He's a magician. I've yeah. never heard that name He was a, a more of a magician for like families. Okay. Like Lance Burton was for families. Siegfried and Roy was a little uh, more a little mature. Sexy, yeah. Yeah, it was a little sexier. Yeah. Like girls in bikinis. Mm. Yeah. All right. Uh, yep. Harry Styles and Olivia Wilde are taking a break. Oh, I thought they broke up. I mean, according to people, it's taking a break. It may be broken up. We can watch the old Friends episodes about being on a break. <laughs> I didn't know that they were together for two years. That was long. How fast that two years I went. Know. Like, I truly had no idea they were together. I thought but, this was a very recent but thing. But maybe we were not, like, maybe the public wasn't knowing about their relationship. Oh, no, I them. didn't give a fuck. Get out of here. But, like, did, I mean, did, yeah, did they announce this? I feel like yeah. they never really announced it. We just, people just found out. So. I feel like it wasn't until the Don't Worry Darling stuff happened that people, like, really started right. caring about it. There was this. no need to care prior yeah. to. Yeah. Um, and honestly, even then, there was no need to care. <laughs> <laughs> Leah Michelle's uh, doing a cast recording of Funny Girl. She did it. It's out. Oh, oh, it's out. Yeah. I didn't realize it was out. I know. They recorded it in in secret, in silent, and released it. So I just feel for Beanie. Like, was there never a plan to do a cast recording with Beanie? I don't know. There might have been, and it might have gotten scrapped. I, I don't know. But That's you rough. said in the Discord that this has happened before. It's happened where there has have been, for a variety of reasons, mm. that cast recordings were recorded not with the original cast. Either okay. like uh, with Rags, for example, the show closed after four performances, and then mm. two years later they did a cast recording, but with a different leading lady, because okay. I guess the leading lady that was in the show wasn't available. Mm. Um, as I said with uh Grand Hotel, the cast recording, they had a new leading man, Brent Barrett, because the original leading man passed away from AIDS. Oh, Actually, okay. like he collapsed like in the recording studio. Oh my god. Like as they were recording, it was horrible That's and horrible. devastating. Um so yeah, there are a lot of different reasons why uh, you know this happens. This was a slightly awkward reason. And have you listened to any of it? I haven't. No, I don't think it's on Spotify yet. Oh, okay. I think it's just on Apple Music right now. And I'm not getting that. <laughs> <laughs> I remember being a kid and seeing Tony Braxton and Aida. I guess I wasn't a kid, but whatever. I was younger. And uh, being like, if I could get a cast recording of Tony Braxton singing these songs with no consonants, uh, all alto, I wanted it so bad. Because she was brilliant she wasn't acting at all <laughs> and she sounded so beautiful it was like straight off the secrets album i wanted that her version of aida so so badly maybe we'll, we can still get it there's still time and she still sounds great she was just on tiktok singing cuff it and sounding beautiful okay i know tony braxton aida album we want it. Let's we do need it. it. Elton it's, John's got the money. Come on. And Elton's going to be done touring, apparently. This is like his farewell tour, supposedly. His 20th farewell hey, tour. Hey, <laughs> maybe this one will stick, and he'll be able to get in the studio with Tony. And do what he really was 
was born to do, and that is produce an Aida cast <laughs> recording with Tony Braxton. Absolutely. Um, did you see that Ellen Pompeo is leaving Grey's Anatomy? I mean, I am just always reminded, probably like every year and a half, that Grey's Anatomy is still on <laughs> and kicking. After 17 years. Good for her. How much money must she have made? And yet, even after she leaves Grey's Anatomy, she's going to keep on <laughs> Of going. course. It's never going to be over. I feel like it's trying to beat The Simpsons for like the longest running show, and it's like, well, that's animated, guys, so it's going to be tough. Yeah, and The Simpsons is still going. Oh, it is. Like, The Simpsons is still, like, kicking your ass. <laughs> like, <laughs> but maybe they'll stop someday. Okay. Um, oh, and then Elon Musk let all these horrible people back on Twitter, like uh, Donald Trump and Andrew Tate, who's, like, a famous misogynist. And, and these Kanye people, West. And Kanye West. Mm-hmm. So all these people who, like, were off Twitter for very good reason are now back on. It's disgusting. It's horrible. So there was a moment, of course, I think it was on Friday when we thought that Twitter was going to break overnight because that's what we heard on Twitter. <laughs> um, it didn't happen, but everyone was sad and, like, showing, like, oh, these are going to be the saddest, like, the funniest tweets I remember. And when you think about how much Twitter really did about breaking news, about, like, people being on the ground during like the George Floyd protests and things Mm -hmm. like there were important things that happened on Twitter. But after this, it's just like, Oh, burn it. Like (laughs) I hope Elon kills it um, with his idiocy as soon as possible. I never, I would have so much more time in my day. Absolutely. Yeah. I would be so not aware of so many things happening in the world because the thing with Twitter is like news on Twitter breaks immediately. And then I always joke that like Twitter you already know for uh, like 12 hours on Twitter before it starts creeping up on Facebook posts. I know, absolutely. Like, so right. it's like people who don't use Twitter, like how do you get your news? Like how do they do it? No idea. The Big Brother fans who are not on Twitter, how do you know what the hell's going There's on? There's no way. Oh, oh no my way. God, if Twitter's not around for Big Brother, what do I do? What if Twitter's not around for when the Renaissance film drops? Oh God, That'll be how will sad. we know? And the thing is, it'll all be very sad. Worth it to get these people out of the world True, off yes. any social media platform because there are certain voices that should not be heard. Yes, we'll right? figure it out. If we'll it goes it under, we'll figure it we'll out. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, I guess the last thing we want to talk about, the Colorado Springs shooting that happened uh, was that la- overnight. I guess it was last night at midnight. A 22-year-old gunman entered an LGBTQ nightclub in Colorado Springs, Colorado, just before midnight, immediately opened fire and killed at least five people and has injured 25 others. Uh, it was called uh, a place called Club Q. I watched a video of oh, someone God. who was why? there. Why? Talking. I know. I, sh- I was watching it when you came in. It's just so horrible. It's you know very reminiscent of the Pulse nightclub shooting. Mm-hmm. And it was today, I believe, is Trans Day of Remembrance. Like, it's just, these people are so sick. And the fact that queer people can't even go into their own spaces and feel safe at this point because so many people, like Republicans who will fight tooth and nail to keep guns and AR-15s in people's fucking hands, like, we can't enjoy our lives. It's like... The argument that I saw, I think it was on Twitter, I think it was a tweet that I saw was just like, the argument that hateful people have against queer people is like, do it behind closed doors, do it where you can't be seen in public, which is awful and horrible, but it's like, they were doing that. People who go to these safe spaces, go to these queer nightclubs, are doing that, and even there, they can't feel safe, they can't feel free. It's just heartbreaking and horrifying, and uh, it's like, if you are a person that believes in I don't know are a Republican for reasons that are like economic or something does this not supersede that does the fact that those people are all being paid off by the NRA to keep rifles and guns in people's hands does that not supersede any sort of economic like, like thing you want get rid of the AR-15 at least like come on is like, that 
so many people can agree on that. Like, come on. And the fact that this wasn't like the thing that everyone was talking about right. today, the fact that it happened uh, overnight and like it's not what everyone on the planet was talking right. about the next morning just shows how numb we have become to this sort of thing. It's like, it's just insane and so sad. And, and you know, I, there were heroes that were there. I think there were people like patrons who like fought the gunmen and, you know, took them down. That's the reason fewer, like, that that there were not more fatalities, were not more injuries, but even then, like even I believe that happened like as soon as it happened, the police apparently got there in record time, and even then, there are five people who lost their lost their lives and mm-hmm. twenty five who are injured in that small amount of time because he had a semi automatic rifle. Like Ugh. fuck this! It's just like why do we have to continue living like this? It's terrible. Our hearts go out to the victims, anyone who's been injured, family and friends of those victims. Just horrifying. So this uh, episode is dedicated to them. Is there anything else you want to tell the people? That we love you all. We love you all. Stay safe. Don't vote for a Republican. We'll be back soon. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now, open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. It's time. It's time, yes. guys. As Mariah Carey will soon tell us <laughs> in a couple days. No, she's already told oh, us. Oh, she's already told us uh, now? It's time on November 1st. Okay. Yes. It's, well, it's also time for Email My Heart. Yes. Which is the section of the podcast where we answer any questions that you guys might have. You can be a part of Email My Heart if you email us at 2gaymats at gmail.com to spell T-W-O. Or you can also comment below if you are consuming this podcast on YouTube. So we have a question from Lewis. Lewis says, in Canada. Hi, Matt. Matt Steele, I thought I would let you know that Devos can be found in Canada now if people are people have the streaming service called Tubi. I'm not sure if you knew, as I don't recall ever hearing an announcement on the podcast, which I listen to every week. Aww. I thought the movie was a blast. A mix of Drop Dead Gorgeous and Rashomon. I've never seen Rashomon, actually. Devos is my movie, by the way. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, can I say that I absolutely adore Nicole Sullivan as your mother, as your character's mother, and your character was so mean to her. A monster. <laughs> a monster. Listen, guys, I 
like, I don't know if my character has layers. <laughs> uh, I liked that one of the themes of the movie was that when you raise up your ensemble, that is when you truly become a star. So my question for both Matts, name a singer slash performer who shines best when within a group slash ensemble. Singing-wise, Marty McGuire and Emily Strayer of The Chicks bring an mm. invaluable backing, both instrumentally and vocally. Acting-wise, no one punches up a scene like Dame Maggie Smith. I agree with that, girl. Keep up the great work and happy holidays. Lewis from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Lewis, thank you so much for watching my movie. I appreciate it a lot. Yes, Devos is available now. It's excellent. You're going to love it. Ricky Redmond is Matt Steele. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Are there any like singers that you feel like work so well, like build up an ensemble so well? Well, I think I wouldn't say like this is her best thing, but I'd say... Kelly Rowland comes to mind. She is top of mind for me. You'll, if you've been on Twitter recently, you probably have seen the video of Kelly Rowland putting together Little Mix. Like they make it seem like Simon was the one that put together these giant groups like Little Mix and One Direction. And then behind the scenes, the ladies that were next time were really the ones pushing for the vocal combinations. And she got the four of them together. They have been the longest lasting, most successful UK girl group in such a long time. And brilliant in that way. Of course, she was in Destiny's Child. And the harmonies there were always so tight and so together. She played the role that she had in that group so beautifully. I feel like harmony just comes to her so easily. Mm. And lastly, there was another thing going around on uh, Twitter. It was, I think she and Marseille Martin are have some sort of kids project together. Like she might be in a movie with Marseille Martin or something. Okay. So Kelly Rowland and Marseille Martin are being interviewed at The Breakfast Club. And um, I don't actually know if it was The Breakfast Club. Some sort of New York hip-hop morning radio show. And the interviewer's like, you know, I'm a person who, like, always wants to be front and center and never can play my part. I and saw that You question. have spent your entire life playing second fiddle to Beyonce. And, like, she shines so bright. And, like, how do you do it? I, If I was Kelly Rowland, I would have stood the fuck and walked out. She is so strong she is so and much stronger so than me. noble for actually answering that And question. she answered it in a way that was lovely and yes. shady and like didn't fucking... Because it's like, she has been... Go like the last Destiny's Child album came out in what, 2006? Mm -hmm. Like not even, maybe 2005. It just is like move the fuck on and like she has her own life she has her own discography and she has done very well for herself she has giant hits she's very talented very talented very successful and she and she, she's basically like well Beyonce is a light but so am I yeah. like light attracts light it only is when other people like yourself with the undertone try to compare us and make us compete is when it becomes a problem it's never a problem for me to lift her up she's opened doors for many I have opened doors for many and that is how you do it and it's like the fact that she sat there and listened to this fucking moron listen to like say that such a rude thing to her it's like just because she is in Beyonce's orbit doesn't mean that we need to stop like keep badgering her with Beyonce questions for her, the entirety of her life she's her own person she has a sister that she loves and supports but like come with Kelly Rowland questions to a Kelly Rowland interview yes like Jesus that's like an interviewer 101 honestly like come on like why would you ask that that is insane it's insane when it comes to singers I feel like I mean and this is not just because I'm a Spice Girl stan but Jerry Hollowell in the Spice Girls, I think, really was the person who took the reins of like, this is what we are. This mm. is how we will promote ourselves. This is the dynamic we give. And really kind of even though the thing I love so much about the Spice Girls was that there was no leader. Right. You could tell that Jerry was the oldest and had the marketing savvy and was mm. the person who did that. And I really think she is the person who helped like elevate that group to what it was. I think she was just a smart ensemble member in that. 
aspect. And in terms of acting, the first person that comes to my head who is amazing in, in ensemble stuff is Kathy and Jimmy. Oh. Kathy and Jimmy, whenever she is on screen, A, she is amazing and she makes everyone around her look amazing. Like I'm thinking of like, you know, Hocus Pocus, um, uh, uh, Sister Act, her work in Rat Race. Like she, even in Rat Race, she's not like this crazy, kooky, huge character. Like right. she's a little bit more grounded and level-headed that she's acting opposite John Lovitz, but she elevates those scenes so much. She wow. really knows how to work as an ensemble member. I love Kathy and Jimmy. I need her in so many more movies now. <laughs> like, let's go. Um, so next question yes. is a question that Durga sent to us a couple weeks ago. Yes. But Matt Palmer had not yet had an answer for yes. it. So Durga emailed, emailed us again and said, Love is Blind Season 3, baby. Answer this email on the pod, mm. not the previous one. LOL. Okay. Hey, I'm going to jump straight into my question. Love is Blind. I hope you're all caught up because I'm dying to hear what you think. My assorted thoughts. One, if you say anything against Alexa and Brennan, I may have to quit the podcast fandom. Haha. <laughs> 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 but seriously, the other day I woke up from a trance and realized that I was following not just Alexa and Brendan on Instagram, but everything, every single other member of Alexa's very attractive family, <laughs> LOL, since unfollowed for my dignity. Good for <laughs> I'll you. follow them. Go for it, Durga. Two, Raven completely grew on me and is now one of my absolute favorites. Three, now don't hate me for this, but I don't think the cuties scene was as bad as they were making it out to be. I'm sure he might have said other food-related things to her off-camera, but I really thought she read too much into that specific situation. What do you think? Matt Palmer, what? what like they were talking about Clementine? This or is, I apologize. Maybe this will be my giving me moments as well. It will just be Love is Blind because I have a lot to say. Okay. I finally finished season three. If you have not finished season three, turn this off, skip ahead. There will be spoilers. Okay. So Alexa and Brennan, let me start with them. Okay. They are a lovely couple. He loves her so much. And so like, it's the only couple that feels like, okay, you guys have the, like, the possibility to last beyond just like the year that you'll be together before you shoot like the catch up. Where are they now special that they do for that show? But like, I think they could go the long haul. They could be Lauren Cameron. She is very much like, I don't know. She kind of, she kind of is a very Kardashian like, like she, you can tell that she has had some stuff done. No judgment. She grew up with a silver spoon in her mouth and he just adores her and loves everything about her is so respectful of her, cares about her feelings. And it feels like almost he's pouring out so much of his love to her. And she's very much like, yeah, I love you too. <laughs> like she's and, and not because she's mean or cruel, but just like, she's not as comfortable like expressing those emotions sure. in that way. And like, there's cameras around. She's probably yeah. like, uh, this is awkward. Okay. And like, it seems like with her family, when they have the meeting, it's a little awkward, but she, uh, I don't know. It just seems like the way that her, she and her family interact and the way that they express their love is like being kind of mean and like cutting to each other, like kind of sarcastically is the way that they express their love. And he's very much like, I love you so much. I see my future with you. I can't wait to have kids with you. And she's like, yeah, it's going to be crazy. <laughs> I'm like, queen, I like her. I mean, so, she's not lying. It probably When you have kids, it's, it's going to be it's crazy. crazy. I'm excited about them. Um, the other couple that stayed together are Matt and Colleen. And Matt is a broken man. Okay. <laughs> Matt, uh, like, got out of a relationship or, like, maybe got divorced because his wife was cheating on him and got pregnant. Okay. Which is a traumatic event. With the other guy. With the other oh, guy. Oh, Matt. So, it, sure, you feel bad for him. Sure. Colleen uh, didn't do this. Okay. <laughs> Remind her. She, he meets Colleen to the wall. Colleen is a dancer girl who, like, I think is cute and nice and bubbly, and uh, but unfortunately leads with, I'm a dancer, and, like, I don't want to get deep. And it's like, girl, we're 
getting married. You can't just be like, <laughs> I don't like getting, getting deep. So she would kind of do that. She, there were two other guys that like said no to her, but Matt was the, her third pick, essentially. They end up getting together. And basically, anytime they have any little issue, Matt's like, fuck you. I'm not getting played again like I did in my last relationship. I'm packing up and leaving. Okay. And this happens multiple times. The first of which, she kind of flirts with this guy, Cole, who is very cute. Out And, like, they had a connection in the pods or whatever. So when they meet in person, they're physically attracted to each other. Whatever. They kind of flirt, but not in a way that's, like, basically she's like, if we had met in real life, I would have gone up to you, too. Okay. This conversation in the pool lasts the entire season. Matt never gets over the fact that she said, if I met you in real life. Because she's like... He took it as, oh, so after this, after the cameras are down and we're out in real life, yeah, maybe we'll have sex. And it's like, that's not what she said. Yeah. Matt is awful and horrible. I was surprised that they both said yes at the altar. I'm surprised they're still together. She seemed frightened at the reunion. Like, I don't know what their relationship <laughs> is. But she's like, no, I'm so happy. I'm just so happy. And it's like, are you? Oh, God. It's awful. Hated it. Um, and, okay, the couple that is being most talked about is Zinnab and Cole. Zinnab? Zinnab. Zenab is a uh, young, a lady who I believe is half white and half Indian. That could be incorrect. I apologize. Cole is this like, oh, he's basically like a puppy golden retriever who was never taught to shut the fuck up sometimes. Or okay. like, don't like, he thinks that being brutally honest and saying everything that comes to mind is like a pro um, in relationships. Okay. And that is not the case. Okay. Zinnab is not perfect. I, ag- I agree. I'm not going to just say since she's a lady, she's perfect. She is an insecure person. She's coming to the table with her insecurities. After this pool moment, which again, we're talking about the whole season. She, at some point at the pool, when cameras are down, asks Cole to rate her physically. Oh. Which like, you're engaged. Do not do that. Don't ask for that. And also, Cole, don't fucking answer. No, 10, 10, 10. 10. Oh, yeah, look at 9 out of 10. Woo! Like a 9 out of 10. And then she goes, well, are there any girls here that would be a 10 out of 10? Oh, no, Cole. He's like, well, I mean, Colleen's a gorgeous girl. Like, she, if it was in real life, like, she, and she's, like, this very tiny petite white girl and also I feel like race is never being brought up but it's like he kept saying like Colleen's more my type physically you're more my type emotionally like yes like in the real world physically I'd go after her and like she's taking it only or the way it's edited to us is she's taking that to mean you want someone smaller you want someone thinner to me it felt like she wants someone white like that's (laughs) what it sounded like from my perspective Uh and Basically, the whole show, he's kind of cutting her down throughout, throughout. Like, there's during the last night before their wedding, he's basically like, are you, like, they get into a fight that's essentially, like, they're they're trying to make dinner. And sure, she's a little pushy. She's like, this is how you make chicken. You didn't put enough um, seasoning on it. It's Mm -hmm. too white. Like, you need to get this kind of wine glass or it'll get too hot. Like, she's a little pushy with, like, her opinion. Sure. But he's, like, pulling out Nerf guns and, like, shooting them into the chicken. And she's like... This isn't cute. Like, we're making food. Like, we need to eat this. Do not shoot Nerf guns yeah. around Gross, here. Gross, germy Nerf right. guns. Which makes sense. And so, she, essentially, he they get into this fight. And he's like, I just want someone sweet. I feel like you're not sweet. You're just not sweet to me. And are, are you bipolar? Oh. Don't diagnose a Do woman. Do not diagnose any fucking body. Or anybody. Oh, fucking me, doctor. Whenever people are like, I think maybe like, you're no? this. I'm like, No. no. No, no, let me stop you right the fuck there. Yeah. You are not a doctor. Yeah. I'm not being diagnosed by you. I, I, that's like, sorry to interrupt, but no. like, that is my number one pet peeve is it's when awful. someone tries to tell me what I'm feeling. I hate it. I and hate he it. It's very much that. And okay, sure, Zinnab internalizes this. She doesn't say anything. They get up to the altar and she's like, I do not Ooh. 
you have broken my spirit. Oh. You have killed my self-confidence. You have made me feel like so much less of myself than I've ever felt in my entire life. She does say, I don't think you're a bad guy. And like, uh, but, but like, I want you to learn from this relationship and you can't treat another woman like this. So she's being pretty harsh. And it does sound a little like she had practiced it in the mirror but, and like kind of was le- leading him to believe that she was going to say yes. And she didn't. Which I think it's the show. There's, that's the fucking show. Oh, like, give the audience you, a show, baby. You have to get to the altar and then say your real feelings. He comes to the reunion like he hasn't shaved in weeks. Oh, God. He is bawling. And like just the entire, you can tell it's all a setup to be like, I'm the poor broken Cole. I didn't realize you felt this way. Like I would never do the things that I did on camera. There was an argument about cuties where essentially she was like, there was a moment where you told me like if I ate these two little tiny tangerine cuties that I would get fat or something. And so and then they found the footage. They oh. found and so at the end of the whole show we found the lost they cutie footage. The, it, it's honestly I would call this footage confusing. <laughs> like okay. she does she holds the cuties. He's like, I don't want you to ruin your appetite. We have a big dinner. Oh. Like, don't eat these cuties. But he also does make like a circle with his hands. So it's not cut and like at some like, and he's like, mm. and so it's not clear what's being said. There's so much that's not being said. They didn't communicate with each other well. It was just so unclear. So I think they're obviously not right for each other. I'm very glad that they are not together. But I think this weird backlash to her, like she is being, she is receiving the brunt of the hate. People are like justice for Cole. This woman's like a mean nagging shrew and he's just trying to find love. And it's like, let's not say that. She is not perfect. He is not perfect. They should not be together. But he's... Like, he's got a lot to work on himself. Mm -hmm. Even if she over-exaggerated and made things worse in her mind, he was doing mean shit to her. He did hit on this girl while they were engaged. Like, he is tough to deal with. And that shouldn't be forgotten. We shouldn't just rally behind this man because he's crying. And because he came to the reunion disheveled and, like, broken. Like, fuck that shit. Like, I hope he gets better and finds someone. And I hope he's learned a lot from this and becomes a better person. And as I hope for her, like... She is not in the wrong to the point to the degree that the public wants us to believe. That's how I feel. All right. All right. Durga. Durga. You waited weeks (laughs) for this answer. Yes. And baby, an answer you got. I just, I have, there's no way to watch that season of television and not want to. I feel like this is you talking about Big Brother. (laughs) Oh my God. Well, I mean, you have to give all the details. I have to. It was very, it was like, I I was following every single word. Justice for Zena. She is an imperfect person. But, like, the hate she's receiving is unwarranted. We are all imperfect people. We are all. Yes, we cannot be judging her. Oh, it just makes me worried about, like, if I were to ever go on a dating reality show, ooh. Ooh, they would hate oh, me. Same. Oh, oh, my God. Same. Oh, my, they would find me so They'd annoying. Hate us. But I'd be like, what do you mean by that? <laughs> <laughs> so, Matt Steele. Yes. What's been giving you moments? Guys, new Spielberg dropped. <laughs> and I was there to scoop it up. All right. Uh, I saw this week The Fablemans, which is Steven Spielberg's like, it's like semi-autobiographical, but like it felt completely autobiographical. <laughs> like it's basically felt okay. like just the names were changed. Yes. And I'm sure like some situations were maybe heightened or like certain embellishments were added, but like it was so detailed and mm. thorough that it's kind of just like, oh, oh all of this happened. <laughs> uh, it's basically the story of him or this boy named Sammy who mm. uh, comes from this Jewish family, uh, was born in New Jersey. Then at some point they moved to Arizona and then at another point they moved to New- Northern California. Mm. And it's all about this boy's journey 
with his family and discovering his love of film through the the trials and tribulations that the family go through. Mm. And so it's beautiful. Wow. It is gorgeous. It's and Michelle Williams plays uh Steven Spielberg's mother yes. uh and Paul Dano plays Steven Spielberg's father. And oh, I forget the actor's name that played teenage Steven Spielberg, but mm. I thought he was fantastic wow. as well. Michelle Williams, it was a huge deal. It was like she's going to everyone thought she was going to be campaigned for supporting actress. And if she was campaigned for supporting actress, she would absolutely 1000% win. Mm. But then it was announced that she was actually going to campaign for leading actress. Um, And she could pull it off. Like even though her character's screen time is not as long as the other nominees I'm sure are in their movies. Um, the character's presence is so throughout the entire movie wow. that it it feels. I wouldn't say it feels like the leading character, but it doesn't feel like huge category fraud. Okay. She is fantastic. Everyone in it is fantastic. This the story. It was two and a half hours, and when I tell you, it did not feel two and a half hours. And at all. you don't feel like it was indulgent. I feel like that's what the criticism of this film was going to be before it even came out. Give me indulgent. Like, come on. Like, it's Steven Spielberg. If there's okay. someone I want to indulge, it's okay. Steven fucking Spielberg. Okay. And also, I don't think it felt indulgent. Right? It was, it, there was, of course, like, um, uh, a, a nostalgic stylizedness to mm. the whole thing and everything okay. that, that he's actually, like, always been very good at when it comes to, like, stories about childhood and stuff like that. So there is a stylization of the nostalgia factor, yeah. but it works so well. It feels so cohesive. The the journey that this boy goes through as an artist, you would think, like, oh, who the fuck cares about, like, this boy who loves to make films and everything, but I was so invested. Mm. Um, there's one section where the boy finds out something about his mother through the filmmaking process. And Mm. just the way that whole sequence was done was fantastic. I loved the ending. The final shot is just so clever and just feels so warm. It was the, the family, even though the family was going through such hard times, like, you, you could still feel their love for each other and you still felt so happy when you were watching them, even though there were sad moments of like, because you were just like, Oh, like this feels like a real family, even though there is a little bit of stylization going on here. I, I just found it so entertaining, so engrossing. And there was so much heart put into the entire thing. Judd Hirsch has like a two scene cameo and he is <laughs> fucking fantastic. <laughs> it's so good. I recommend everybody who loves to create stuff, to go see it because okay. it really shows how like where you come from and the people who you grow up with influence how you develop as an artist. All right, I, I, I really thought it was great, and oh, it's wow. I would say it's like the in the top two front runners to win Best Picture. It's what like, do you think is the other one? It's that or Everything Everywhere All at Once, which mm. everyone insists has no chance of winning Best Picture. I, like. I really think it does. I really think there are so many things working in everything, everywhere, all at once is favor, favor. Uh, but I think the Fablemans is going to be big competition for it. All right. Uh, so we shall see. I see both of them. I guess see all of it, guys. Gotta see it all. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess that's it. Is there oh, anything else? Because you did your giving me moments. I was my giving me moments. I mean, the Clementines. I that mean, was a moment. The cuties. I call them, we call them Clement. I had no idea they were called cuties until like in my 20s. Right. I was like, people call them cuties? What? We call them Clementines in New Jersey. Okay. Well, I mean, it's not like they're called cuties. Like the cuties company is like packages up these little. Oh. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. All right. I'm glad we're teaching things on 2K Mats. Hey, guys. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening and watching. And we'll be back next week with more 2K Mats, the podcast. Bye. Bye. Bye.